That's twice now. Okay, I'll try it again. And throughout this sermon, I have to keep it within a certain limit, but I'm going to try to approach this presentation as clearly and concisely as I can. So you're going to have to bear with me. I can sense that I'm going to add some scripture this morning, and I don't want to prolong my prologue. I have a few of these which I'm going to talk about. The title of this sermon is, Is Baptism Necessary for Salvation? That is my subject this morning. Is Baptism Necessary for Salvation? I have a few of these left on the back table. So here I go. So vital the question. So vital the correct answer. I'm going to proceed what I'm going to say, but I don't want you to be deceived. Can I get a witness? So vital the question, so vital the correct answer. Is water baptism necessary for you and my to get saved, or as it says, my salvation? Today's presentation citing, of course, the written word of God, and along with some afterthoughts by various commentators, strongly encourages you and me to ask and answer the preceding question. I just told you, is water baptism necessary for your and my salvation? Number two. So let's begin immediately with the scriptures, namely Acts 10.34 through 48. Wouldn't you say, yes, I'm talking to you as my audience, wouldn't you say that the scriptures are a good place to begin? If we're going to talk about the scriptures, we need to get into the scriptures. Can I get a witness? What other better source could we approach this vital subject? So here goes. Beginning with 1038. And Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is acceptable to him. Verse 36. The word which he sent unto the children of Israel, preaching good tidings of peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. I've got a lot to say about that. That saying you yourselves know, which was published throughout Judea, beginning with Galilee, after the baptism which John preached. Number three, even Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all 
that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom also they slew, hanging him on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and gave him to be manifest, number four. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses that were chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he charged us to preach unto the people and to testify that this is he who is ordained of God to be the judge of the living and the dead. Verse 43. To him bear all the prophets witness that through his name, everyone that believeth, believes, on him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all that heard the word, and they of the circumcision that believed were amazed as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. For I heard them speak with tongues. I wonder what that's about. Is that an unknown language? Is that a known language? And magnified God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid the water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Number six. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and everyone listening, I want you to listen this morning. I want you to examine what I am saying. Please allow to me to cite verses 4 through 8, 44 through 48 again. While Peter yet speaks these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them that heard the word. And they of the circumcision, that's the Jewish converts, that believed were amazed, and as many as came with Peter were people were coming with Peter. They were listening. Because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. And for they heard them speak with tongues and manifest God. Then answered Peter, yes, I'm, I know I'm repeating myself. I told you I was going to repeat myself. Can any man forbid the water that these should not be baptized who have heard? Receive the Holy Spirit as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then prayed they, him to cherish certain days. Number seven. After reflecting upon the account of Dr. Luke, that's right, Dr. Ruth Luke wrote this account of Acts. The writer of Acts in Acts 10 34 through 40. Is, is it not crystal clear that Peter's question 
Can any man forbid water, the water, that these should not be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit as well as we? Peter had received the Holy Spirit. Who do you think you are? You think it's confined to the Jewish nation? That's what he's saying. Revealed that water baptism was administered. You see the asterisk there. After they, those Gentiles, have received the Holy Spirit and thus saved. Let me say this. I probably shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you're saved. Can I get a witness? Along with me, can you reflect verse upon verses 48 one more time? Number eight. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on them that heard the word. They heard the word. They heard the logos. And they of the circumcision that believed were amazed, as many as came with Peter, because not only Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit, for they heard them speak with tongues and manifest God. I'm going to intervene right here. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, as I usually do. How do you... If you are a Christian, I know I'm going to repeat myself. I know I am. Have you magnified Jesus Christ today? Have you magnified the Lord? Can I get an amen? Was he on your lips when you woke up, when he said, thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. Thank you for allowing me to stand on my feet. Thank you for allowing me to think. I better stop right now because I got more than that. Can a man forbid the water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They prayed and then prayed they for him to tarry certain days. Number nine. And now for some comments about this subject. Now more number nine. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation that men, let me get that right, but in every nation the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. Here's my comment. And the comment is not my own. I don't want you to think that I have the source and back of it. Distinctions, distinction of nations is taken away by the coming of Christ and is evidently seen by their faith and righteousness, which, one, which ones are agreeable to him, that is God, and which ones he accepts, that God, I have an underline, you don't have an underline that God does not judge according to the outward appearance. I'm going to slow down when I say that last statement. 
that God does not judge according to the outward appearance. I'm going to say this, and once again, I'm getting ahead of myself. God is not looking at how you look on the outside. He is looking how you look on the inside. Is your heart right with God? You might look raggedy. You might look like you're poor. You might look like you're undone. Is your heart right with the Lord? Number 10. Then Peter. Then Peter opened his mouth. The same preacher who on the day of Pentecost declared the conditions of salvation to the Jews now declares them for the first time to the Gentiles. To him Christ gave the keys, you can see it in Matthew, of the kingdom. And with them he opened the doors to both the Jew and Gentile. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. It had just dawned on Peter. The Jew and Gentile are on the same level when it comes to God's sight. Those who fear the Lord in any nation of any race will be accepted. Can I get an amen? amen. Let me put it this way. I have my own special note down here. It just dawned on Peter. Salvation pouring out of the salvation on Gentiles. And I have my own note here. What is it going to dawn on you? When? I'm talking to Brother Bruce and you too. When is it going to dawn on you that you, you need a savior? You need someone to navigate you through this world. You need somebody and I'm going to put it this way, to keep you out of hell. You need somebody to get you off of drugs. You need somebody to help you to be an overcomer for others. I want to stay on that subject because I want to finish it. When's it going to dawn on you? Oh, I'm a good guy. I do this and I do that. I'm such a goody two-shoes. The Bible says, not me, the Bible says that all your good deeds and my good deeds before you get saved are nothing but filthy, disgusting rags. When is it going to dawn on you to stop being a pretender of the truth and be in the truth. Can I get a witness? When is it going to dawn on, when is it going to dawn on you that Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I'm not a truth. I am the truth. And I am the light. When is it going to dawn on you that someday you and I are going to face the judge of all the earth and you won't be able to say, I didn't hear the word. When's it going to dawn on you that one day you're going to walk out of here and you're not going to walk back in, but God's going to call you home? 
We are no one special in the sense of when God calls you. When God, when's it going to, I'm saying this over and over again, when's it going to dawn on you? You fill in the blanks. Number 12, I perceive. It had just dawned on Peter. And Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. I perceive is, is the Greek word that means making a mental action to take hold of with your mind. What are you talking about, Brother Bruce? When's it going to come to you? When's it going to come to me to take mental action, to hold on with your mind? I better get right with God. Can I get a witness? I hesitate to say this, but I need to say it. When you become apathetic, when you just say, well, I've got another day, I've got another hour, I've got another year. All I can say to you is, have mercy. I might not, I, personally, might not live until tomorrow. And you might not live to the next second. Can I get a witness? It is appointed unto man. When's it going to occur to you? When are you going to take hold? It's appointed unto man. Let's put it personal. When's it going to occur to you that you have an appointment? And you don't know when that appointment is. I'm going to say it again. That word perceive means to take hold of. Make a mental, mental note to take hold with the mind. It had been a difficult thing for Peter to grasp. Why? Because he felt salvation belonged to the Jewish nation only. They were his chosen people. But he came to the realization it wasn't just to the Jewish people. It had been a difficult thing for Peter to grasp, but now of a truth, the light had cleared away the fogs. Let me ask you, has the fog cleared away? It was not until Peter had crossed the threshold of the house of Cornelius. He needed somebody. He had been to the house of Cornelius and Cornelius showed him, oh no, we've got it all wrong. It's not just to the Jewish people. He opened his mind. It was not until Peter had crossed the threshold of the house of Cornelius in the new environment and standpoint that he sees this new and great truth. Verse number 13, but in every nation, the man who fears God. Let me, I'm going to just be honest with you. Some of us, you don't fear God. You have no concept. You don't care whether you live or if you die. 
if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded your mind. You're blind that there's life after this life. He's got you all tangled up. He's got you all mixed up. Can I get a witness? He's got you with no fear of God. You don't care where you're headed. But let me ask you a question. Where are you and I going to spend eternity? Thus saith the Lord. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he spoke, say the word. Is when the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of your soul and makes you see, makes you perceive that there's something greater than this life and there's something in this life. Not only in the next, but in this life. He gets a hold of you. The word which he said to the sons of Israel, preaching peace. Say peace. Through who? Not through another person. It's through Jesus. I like to say this. The God man. He is Lord. Not just of a few, but he's Lord of the living and the dead. And he is Lord of all. On number 14, he's Lord of all. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Ephesians 1. 22-23, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him. Who did he see, Brother Bruce? The same Christ that rose from the grave is the same Christ that sits on the right hand of the throne of God. And he says, I know you heard me say it before, it's finished. Let me start this over again. Which he raised about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I, got, I don't have this note here, so I want you to follow along with me. This verse says, God the Father raised him from the dead. But did you know this? The, the Bible declares in John 20, 20, in John 20, no, that's not right. In John chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. The Son of God says, you destroy me, you, you put down this temple, and three days, I'll raise it up. I hope you hear that. The Son of God said, I'm going to raise up my own body in three days. Can I get a witness? And in Romans chapter 8, you can check it out. The Spirit of God says... I'll raise it from the dead. 
He didn't say I, but it said the Spirit of God rose him from the dead. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, authority, and power, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He has put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. I want you to get this. I know I'm getting a little off subject. I'm still on the same subject, perhaps. Which is in his own body. I want you to get this straight. If you don't come to this church again, I hope you will. There's a man in heaven. He's a resurrected man. It's the same Jesus that raised from the dead. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Number 14. Take it away in Christ. Say take it away. Then his distinction of nation is taken away by the coming of Christ. I don't want you to forget this. Jesus, the Christ, is coming back again. And he's coming back for you is church. <clears throat> Distinction of nations taken away by the coming of Christ. It is evidently seen by their faith and righteousness which one which ones are agreeable to him and which ones he accepts. That God does not judge according to your let me add this thing appearance. Number 16. Where'd you get that from? I got it from the Word. He was in the world. And the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. Let me ask you another question. A profound question that you could ever ask. Do you know him? Or is he just in your head? The world did not know him. He came into his own people, the Jewish people, and those were his own people. They did not receive him. But as many, can you say that? But as many. But as many. That includes you and me. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Have you trusted him? That word believe is sometimes translated trust. Have you trusted him? I know I'm getting off the subject, but I'm still on the subject in a sense. You yourself, number 17, this is Jesus of Nazareth. Did you know there were other children named Jesus? Did you know that? But 750 years, Micah proclaimed that this Jesus we're talking about was born, not, not, that's not right, Pastor, is out of Nazareth. He came into Bethlehem. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting at Galilee after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. I think that's in I think it was in red. I don't see it in red. 
how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. I'm going to say something that I don't have in my notes. It's, it's this past weekend. We were up on High Street. I won't tell you who we was, but it was some of us. We prayed for a lady. She was in such distress. She was in such turmoil. I know I, I almost said it wrong. I can't hardly say it. She was in such turmoil. And we hovered around her. And I'm not trying to say she was instantly delivered. But we prayed for her. Can I get a witness? When you're in the Holy Spirit. And you're doing what God tells you to. You ought to be able to pray for others. Because you know what? You and I could be in that same condition. I felt so compassionate for that lady. And not only I, others were there, surrounded that lady in, in prayer and prayed for her. Number 18, the promised Messiah. Here the apostle refers to Christ as the promised Messiah, for as Messiah signifies anointed. Did you know that? The word Messiah signifies anointed. And Christ has the same signification or meaning in Greek. And the Messiah, according to the prophets and the expectation of the Jews, was to work miracles. Did he do miracles? You know he did. I'm about ready to tell you about that. Proclaim Jesus as the anointed one. It refers to these miracles which he wrought as the proof of it. Yes, I'm getting ready to get off the subject. I'm telling you right now. The greatest miracle that God could do for you and me is accept Christ as your personal Savior and he will come, he will do the greatest miracle inside. It won't be an outside job, it'll be an inside job. And you will have the Holy Spirit Well, I just lost my place. 18, 19. You know Jesus of Nazareth, how God, God anointed him. I only have 15 minutes. Anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good. Are you doing any good as a Christian? Or is it all about you? How he went about doing good and healing. Um, some of you are not going to like this. You can like it or lump it. Can I get a witness? God still heals today. 
And when he chooses to heal somebody, he'll do it. I've seen him do it. Not just on paper, but I've seen him do it. I'm not saying that God heals old people. I'm not saying that. But he still heals physically and spiritually. He went about doing good and healing and all the oppressed. All you got to do is walk up and down the street and you can see people. Maybe you ought to take time and say, can I help you? I don't want you to get this wrong. Some people, they don't want to be helped. Can I get a witness? They don't want you to help them. They want to stay in a miserable condition. Somebody said that everything has its time. With power. His divine goodness working through his divine power to break Satan's tyranny. You're not going to like this, but it's so true. Satan's got a hold on a lot of people. And it takes the power of God to break it. Over men's bodies, Luke 13, 16, over their souls was true evidence that Jesus was God's anointed. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm talking about Isaiah 20. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit too early, but it's number 20. Jesus, the one from the city of Nazareth. I'm going to say it again. 750 years before this prophecy came true. Micah said there's going to be a Messiah. Down to the very last detail. Here's Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord is in capital, has anointed me to preach, to bring the good news to the afflicted. Are you afflicted today? He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty of captives. And freedom for prisoners to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Don't you know that Peter preached this? This could have been part of his sermon. Because there's more that the scripture says that he said. To grant those who mourn in Zion, give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of spirit of fainting, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. How God, number 22, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, I know it says Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God anointed Jesus. When? When did he anoint Jesus? The precise event pre preferred 
referred to by Peter could not be, could be at his incarnation, conceived of the Holy Spirit, his baptism, the ministry, his whole ministry was motivated, captivated, if you want to put it that way, by the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Who are you captivated by? Who is it? Who's leading you? Yes, Pastor, I'm still looking at the clock. We have Holy Communion at the, at the clock. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, I know I not said that very much. Too little, too, too little to be among the clans of Judah. For you, one will come forth for me to be ruler in Israel. And here's the part I like. I hope you're looking, because here it goes. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. The man who hung on that cross was a man I know he became man, John 1.14. He was from not just after, let me say it right, not just from long ago, but from eternity. Did you hear what was said? This man is from the days of eternity. Here's another version. And you, Bethlehem, I won't try to say that last name. I keep trying to pronounce it like I can. The least among the families of Judah, out of you, one will come to me who is to be ruler in Israel, whose going out has been purposed from time past, from eternal days. I got so excited about this verse, I said it again. But I'll just repeat the last one on that page. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, too little to be among the glands of Judah. From you, one will come forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth up from long ago, from the days of eternity. And I have down here a little note. <clears throat> For unto, unto us is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can I get a witness? If you want to look it up, it's 9-7. How about his birth? Circumstances prevailed at the time of Christ's advent were against the fulfillment of Micah's prophecy, which at that time Joseph and Mary were not living in Bethlehem. They weren't living in Bethlehem. Where were they? But 90 miles away, far up in the Galilee, in the hillside country or hill, hill town of Nazareth. It was only because of an edict had gone out from Rome concerning taxation which compelled Joseph and Mary at this particular time to the ancient homestead of the Davidic family, Bethlehem, that Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem. I'm going to cut this short. Jesus 
was sojourned because of taxation. Joseph with Mary had to go to the, the country because of taxation. What are you getting to? Jesus was born at the right time. 750 years was proclaimed for him to be in Bethlehem. Got to get a witness. Let me, let me make it real practical for you. When are you going to get saved? When are you going to stop dilly-dallying with the Word of God? When are you going to stop saying, I just got another day? I gotta cut this real short. I'm just gonna follow my lead. 27. If the conception had taken place six months later, Mary would would by that time by the time of the babe's birth have returned to Nazareth. But Jesus wasn't born in Nazareth. God timed it that he would be born in Bethlehem. He timed it. Twenty-seven. We are the witnesses of all those things he did both in the land of Jews and Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up the third day. That's twenty-eight. There he is. Why did he do that? This is part of the message that Peter preached. I'm not saying it look exactly like that. I'll say this. Your sins and my sins. Peter preached about the Christos. Can I get a witness? He hung on that cross for six hours. Twenty-nine. Not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand. What were we chosen? By God. That is to us who ate and drank. Peter said, after the resurrection, I ate and drank with this person. What did that prove? It proved he had a physical body. Thirty. And he ordered us to preach. I'm going to say this. Say ordered. I don't know what your mission is, but I can put it like this. Every born-again Christian has a mission. You have something to do. Bear witness. Say bear witness. I'm on 31. I'm going to do just like I was told to do. 
I was ordered to finish at 10.45. You can read the rest. I have these back there. It's, it's, it's an analysis of what we see. There's a few left. Pastor, I'm going to do what you ordered me to do. Let's give the Lord a hand. The last thing I can say about this is that they, on, on that day when Peter preached, they spoke in tongues, probably the same language. That's what the Word of God says. And they, after they heard the Word of God, they received the Holy Spirit. And then Peter ordered them. Can you order them who have received the Holy Spirit just like me to get water baptized? It was a seal. I don't want you to be deceived. If you are baptized and you don't have a change in your heart, you are just fooling yourself. Can I get a witness? Okay, brother. baptism, believer's baptism. When somebody comes to a saving faith in Christ, believes that the only reason they're going to end up in glory is because of what Christ did on that cross, 